Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval Renaissance and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Poetry and music have always had a special partnership, and in this hour, we'll be exploring some poetry set to music. Plus, Wendy Gillespie brings us the third and final part of our tribute to the ensemble that started the early music movement in the U.S. We'll hear about the final years of the New York Pro Musica Antigua and listen to music from one of the earliest fully staged Baroque operas to be mounted in America. We'll also hear from a recent recording by Capella de Ministre. take a quick look back in time. We spun the wheel and it landed on 1645. A nurse named Jean Mons founded North America's first hospital on the island of Montreal. Construction of the Hôtel Dieu de Montreal began in 1688 for the newly established colony Ville-Marie. For two centuries the establishment stood as the only French language hospital in Montreal. Moved from its original location in Old Montreal to a site near Mount Royal, today's hospital boasts a history of unprecedented medical work, including the world's first kidney removal, the first femur transplant, and the first removal of a tongue and jaw. In Scotland, a notorious pirate was born in 1645. As a young man, William Kidd set sail from Dundee to a better life in America. After meeting his fortune in marriage to one of the wealthiest widows in New York, Kidd traveled back to England and took on work as a privateer. He was hired to travel to the West Indies, intercept French vessels, and seize French loot. During an expedition, Kidd began an attack on an Armenian ship. The incident led him to be charged with murder and piracy on the high seas. Kidd was found guilty and hanged at London's execution dock. The year 1645 saw the deaths of jurist Hugo Grotius and writer Francisco de Quevedo. Grotius had lasting influence over international law through writings such as De Indis, or On the Indies, and De Jure Prede, or On the Right of Capture. He argued extensively for the relevance of natural principles of justice. He also made contributions to theology, forwarding ecclesiastical reforms introduced by Jacob Arminius. Grotius drowned while serving as Sweden's ambassador to France. On his last voyage, he was shipwrecked. His body was discovered washed up on the shore of Rostock on August 28, 1645. Born in Madrid, Francisco de Quevedo was orphaned at the age of six. He attended university at Alcalá de Henares, developing an interest in philosophy, theology, and languages. In 1601, Quevedo moved with the Spanish court to Valladolid. There he cultivated his talent for poetry. His sizable output of poems on political, amorous, and satirical subjects earned him both praise and notoriety. The writer also gained the favor of Pedro Tellez Giron, third duke of Ozuna, and is believed to have been sent by the duke on espionage missions to France and Italy. In 1643, Quevedo resigned from the royal court. He succumbed to ill health at the Dominican convent of Villanueva de los Infantes two years later. Another figure who died in 1645 was the Scottish composer Tobias Hume. 
Hume made his living as a professional soldier. In his leisure, he played the viola da gamba and composed numerous works for the instrument. These musical compositions were gathered into two collections, the first part of Airs, published in 1605, and Captain Hume's Poetical Music, published in 1607. Hume helped promote the popularity of the gamba at a time when the lute was still preferred by amateur and professional musicians. This has been a glimpse back in time to the year 1645. I'm Angela Mariani. You can find more about the people, events, and music from this era online in our blog section at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Poetry and music have enjoyed a special partnership since time immemorial. Ah, Robin, Gentle Robin is a composition from the reign of Henry VIII, attributed to William Cornish the Younger. In this three-voice canon, a lovelorn speaker poses a rhetorical question to a bird. He begs, Tell me how thy leman doth, and thou shalt know of mine. Leman was an archaic word for sweetheart or lover.
The ensemble Sospiri Ardenti sang Ah, Robin, Gentle Robin, a medieval poem by William Cornish. Many words of the famous poet and playwright William Shakespeare have been set to music. The anonymous setting Fear No More gets its text from Shakespeare's play Cymbeline. This consoling song is sung at the death of the play's protagonist, Imogen. We heard Paul Odette with Paul Elliott performing an anonymous setting of Shakespeare's Fear No More from the play Cymbeline. The composer Claudio Monteverdi devoted years of his life to the composition of madrigals, which incorporated poetry by Petrarch, Torquato Tasso, Giovanni Battista Guarini, and others. A total of nine books of Monteverdi's madrigals were published between 1587 and 1651. Anima Dolorosa Che Vivendo is taken from Monteverdi's fourth book of madrigals, published in 1603. Its amorous text, attributed to the poet Guarini, speaks of the pain of longing and the intensity of death.
Music set to works by famous poets. We heard the ensemble La Venetiana sing Anima Dolorosa Che Vivendo from Claudio Monteverdi's fourth book of madrigals. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music. more than 20 years of existence, the New York Pro Musica Antiqua introduced medieval, renaissance, and baroque music to a wide audience and inspired many performers to explore this hitherto little-known repertory, playing a seminal role in making early music in America what it is today. I'm Wendy Gillespie, and this is the third and final installment of our tribute 
to this pioneering group. The New York Pro Musica Antigua was the inspiration of its charismatic leader, Noah Greenberg, a larger-than-life presence who came downtown to Manhattan from the Bronx to introduce new repertory to talented musicians. By the late 1950s, the Primavera Singers and Renaissance Band had coalesced into the New York Pro Musica, which became, over time, a core ensemble of five singers and five instrumentalists supplemented by extra musicians for larger productions, touring the country and the world under the management of Columbia Concerts. At its apex, the Pro Musica gave 150 concerts in a season. Members were on salary with full benefits, making a full-time living from that one ensemble. The Pro Musica received Rockefeller and Ford Foundation grants to develop programs and administer the workings of the group, including paying travel expenses for a Renaissance band, a motet choir, and casts of the liturgical dramas, along with their costumes, sets, and crews. Recordings and performances, some of them costumed and staged, charmed audiences all over the world. The Pro Musica's repertory spanned seven centuries and included vocal music, such as this piece from Renaissance Italy by Josquin Dupré. the New York Pro Musica perform a 16th-century Italian song about a cricket by Josquin Dupré. The Pro Musica also performed and recorded purely instrumental music, as in this 17th-century fantasy by the English composer who was born with the name John Cooper 
but changed his name to Giovanni Coprario to reflect his love of Italian music. Following the Coprario piece, we'll hear instruments and singers combine in a performance of what has now become mainstream Renaissance repertory, like this mass movement from the turn of the 16th century.
We heard a mass movement by Ludwig Zinfel and a vile fantasy by Giovanni Coprario, both performed by the New York Pro Musica. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America magazine, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Wendy Gillespie. Welcome back. We're continuing the third and last installment of our tribute to the New York Pro Musica Antiqua. Tragedy struck the musical world in January of 1966 when Noah Greenberg died very suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 46. Sheila Schoenbrunn, who first sang with Greenberg with what would become the Pro Musica as a 16-year-old college student, recalled that it felt like the bottom dropped out of my life. Richard French, the president of the board and a close friend of Greenberg, wrote, quote, At one stroke, Pro Musica was cut off from the genius who conceived and nurtured it. He asked the question, Could an organization which had been so much the expression of the personality of a single individual survive him? The answer is a guarded yes. The ensemble did survive for another eight years, albeit with four different directors attempting to fill the enormous gap left by the death of Noah Greenberg. The final recording made by the ensemble was of Marco de Galliano's La Daphne, under the direction of George Houle. The fully staged and costumed production went to the Spoleto and Corfu festivals as well as touring in America. The opera relates the myth in which the god of the sun and music falls in love with the beautiful nymph Daphne, determined not to let Apollo succeed in his quest to make her his own. Daphne appeals to her powerful father to change her form, and her father transforms her into a beautiful tree which is, of course, why the bay laurel's leaves never decay. Let's hear Apollo's Lament from the New York Pomusica Antiqua recording, followed by a version recorded 20 years later by the ensemble Elima under the direction of Gabriel Garrido. Oh, 
We heard Apollo's Lament from Marco de Galliano's La Daphne, performed first by the New York Pro Musica Antiqua and then by the ensemble Elima. Two very different versions of the same piece, both reflecting the musical aesthetic of their own performer's time and place, and at the same time reconstructing a possible performance from nearly 400 years ago. It was, of course, perfectly legitimate, even in Baroque times, to adapt a role to a performer, and the choice of continuo instruments was often left up to the performers, so a good bit of flexibility was built into the music. The final concert of the New York Pro Musica took place at the Morgan Library in New York for an international Petrarch convention on May 16, 1974. The legacy the ProMusica left behind consisted of more than 50 performing editions bearing the New York ProMusica name and more than 40 recordings that were subsequently remixed for stereo and reissued as anthologies. They continue to intrigue listeners and inspire musicians. The ProMusica's instruments and library went to NYU where they're still in active service and its archives are preserved at the New York Public Library. But that is not the end of the ProMusica's legacy. Its performers spread out and regrouped, variously starting new ensembles and becoming teachers to the next generation of early musicians. Many of them are still active, influencing today's students and continuing to delight listeners the world over. There can be little doubt that the New York ProMusica Antiqua inaugurated the early music movement in America, and its influence continues to this day, sometimes unbeknownst to young performers. We hope you've enjoyed this look at the early days of early music in America. I'm Wendy Gillespie. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts at harmonyearearlymusic.org. Thank you.
On our featured release, the ensemble Capella de Ministre takes us on a tour through medieval and Renaissance Spain on their recording El Cicle de la Vida, or The Circle of Life. The CD contains a variety of music, including a song from ancient Greece called the Epitaph of Sekelos, and Renaissance works such as Tomas Luis de Victoria's setting of the Christmas responsory O Manu Mysterium. Let's listen to a rarely heard work by Berenguer de Palou, 13th century bishop of Barcelona, alongside a piece from the Codex de las Huelgas.
Oh! 
We heard Aital Donna by Berenguer de Palou and Amor Vincens Omnia Marie Preconio from the Codex de las Huelgas, performed by Capella de Ministre from their 2012 recording El Cicle de la Vida. Each week, we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any aspect of this program. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writers for this edition of Harmonia are Wendy Gillespie and Laura Osterlin. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pashkash, and our staff, Janelle Davis, David Wood, John Bailey, and Anna Coogan. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luann Johnson, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. <laughs>